The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Goran Dragic of Miami Heat, and you're listening to The Mike Wise Show. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thanks again, Darlene. You heard Miami's Goran Dragic at the top of the show, and we will get back to him later. But there's a lot of NBA to discuss, so let's go. This week's guest, my friend, former colleague, Michael Lee, senior writer for The Athletic. He's covered the NBA at the Washington Post, Yahoo Sports, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Michael's covered three Olympics, multiple NBA finals, and a World Series in his 20-year career. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. I do. Welcome, Michael. I haven't even had you on the podcast. I don't know why. And um, I, I feel like I owe you an apology right now. Yeah, I've been waiting, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, it's, it's not a matter of, uh, of, 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 of if it's, it's – it's not a matter of when, but if. And you have done it. So we're, we're forgiven. <laughs> we're good. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I always like to get personal with some of my guests that I know. And, of course, we go back. You, you, yeah. You're a father now. Um, in a world yeah. in which you have three-year-old, a four-month-old, uh, you, in a world in which you can't get out that much. And um, <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like because I know if you're like me in many ways where the, the breadth of your best stories are, are reporting and talking to people and, you know, and sidling up to them after all the other reporters leave and, yeah. you know, and getting things that you probably wouldn't get. And so you got to do that over the phone now. Yes, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, it hasn't been, it's just, it hasn't been a normal ex- experience, you know, um, you know, trying to just trying to cover, you know, the league, but also dealing with, you know, the bubble, but also being on paternity leave and taking moments in and out, you know, I had to focus on, you know, yeah. diapers and, and feeds and, you know, late and early morning feeds and, you know, all those things, trying to balance all that. It, it's definitely something that, um, that's been tough, you know, because I'm up watching the games, but that means I'm not getting any sleep. Oh, but then yeah. I have to write about, then I have to write about what I just saw, and then, you know, uh, fortunately, the, the early part of the bubble, you know, I sort of just focused on, you know, writing about social justice issues and talking to people about, you know, Breonna Taylor and, mm. uh, you know, talking to Benjamin Crump and talking to a lot of other, you know, uh, you know, the attorney, civil rights attorney, who's been around a lot of the police brutality cases. Or, yeah. Um, and so, you know, so I've sort of focused on that and sort of use that as my lane, you know, to kind of carry me through uh, this because I, I definitely couldn't write about the live games as much. Um, but now the playoffs are here. That's what everybody's focused on. That's all everybody cares about. So it's a bit of a challenge, but, uh, but you know that's life, and I think everybody who's been dealing with COVID for the last eight eight months or however long it's been, uh, uh, we we all have our own. Things yeah, we all with. have our own stories. Is the four month old a good sleeper at least? He has been lately. Good. Yeah, he, he'll sleep all through the night. Um, probably the tougher sleep has been a three year old. <laughs> oh wow! Because we have a hard time putting him to bed. He he wants to he, he wants to he he's the only one in the house with energy. 
and I'm, I'm envious of him because he runs around like we try to get him to bed. Everybody else wants to go to sleep, and he's just still Is running like around. Being a big brother. Some days, some some minutes he does, but uh, <laughs> you know, there there are times when he'll he'll slip into like resenting the fact that there's somebody else in the house hogging up all the attention. So he'll he'll, he'll do something to make sure we don't forget he's there. You were nice enough to do this podcast with me on a Sunday night after the Lakers Denver game, and uh, what a game it was! And this this will yeah, be out right tomorrow. Man. I mean, we don't usually talk about things that just happened, but it was such a it, it was such a defining moment when AD hits that three, and you go from one one to two zero, and it just sucked the life out of Denver. Now they never die, but I mean, this I, I just feel like this Laker team, even when they're missing, even when LeBron's subpar, they're so big. And they got so much depth. No, they got AD. Well, that's what they got. That's true. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, no, for real. Like, I, I've never seen a player have the type of season that he has that's been so that has so little fanfare. I mean, it says a lot to LeBron's greatness that is just completely lost in the shadows. But like, this guy had one of the most incredible seasons that we've ever seen. Um, you know, in terms of like player efficiency rating. I mean, he's just below Giannis. I mean. He led the team in scoring, rebounding, <laughs> blocks, steals, offensive win shares, defensive win shares. Uh, <laughs> and, and he finished second in, what in the MVP voting? Uh, didn't get a single MVP vote. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get a single MVP vote. And, you know, and, and he had this, this, this incredible year, finished second in defensive player of the year. And, but all we heard, like, after uh, game one, when he had 37 points, was, hey, LeBron, how, how do you feel about not winning MVP? <laughs> I'm like, this guy just had 37. And no one asked him a single point. question about no one asked him a single question about the game. Can you imagine a, a player who demanded a trade out of a city, you know, and, and asked to play in LA and dealt with that kind of pressure to go to a, a, a championship organization uh after a real ugly departure from a uh, from a city that's a town that's never won anything in the NBA and uh to go to LA and to play it the way he has, um, you know, and to not get any any kind of credit for any of their success. <laughs> I mean, people, people, people forget. Like the Lakers missed the playoffs last year, and LeBron was the on Lakers that team. The Lakers haven't been to the playoffs in six years. No, 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 no. LeBron was on the team that missed the playoffs last year. He Man, came back this year, this year, and AD yeah. came here. But like they, they weren't the number one seed in the in the West when LeBron got hurt last year. They're the number one team. They got, they got, they got a Hall of Famer. Like this guy. And, and, he, and, he, and he weathered all this, and he got killed tonight by Charles Barkley. Did you see this? Uh, I heard about it, but, yeah. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. You can't, you know, we like Chuck, you know, like he'll say outlandish stuff. But, but he was dead serious that he, um, his thought about AD was Kobe and Michael would kill you to win a game. But AD just, you know, he's just too nice a guy. And he's just too nice. And it was the whole – you know, it, it was it was sort of like how we we switch narratives up depending on whether it fits us or not. Like for instance, oh, yeah. Kawhi went from the the solid leader <laughs> that you know led by example to man, the, the guy don't say anything when things are going bad. You know, they need yeah. somebody to speak up and shake the you know throw the throw the clubhouse table over. And so I don't know, I. The guy's the, the guy's the best big man in the game. As much as I love Jokic's skill, there's nobody more effective. And you could make an argument that he should have been a legitimate NBA MVP candidate. There's no doubt about it. 
There is no doubt about it. I mean, if you, like I said, the numbers that he put up, I mean, I think the fact that he's deferred to LeBron, and that, that's something that's that's not really discussed either. Um, you know, I remember talking to AD earlier this year, and um, I was doing a story about, like, you know, players, you know, just ask them, who, who, who did you look to as your measuring stick when you were growing up? Like, who was the player that you used to compete against, either AAU, college, high school, mm-hmm. whatever, that pushed you? And he said that, you know, I always looked up to LeBron. Like, like he was a guy I always looked up to. That's why he wore number 23, because he looked up to LeBron. Like, he can't believe that he's playing with him. So he has like a certain level of deference to LeBron that makes it all work, right? Mm. Because when he played with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie didn't really want to give it up to LeBron like that. Kyrie felt like I'm on equal footing and I need to be treated the same way. Like I'm just as good. Like why does anybody recognize that? Get me out of here, right? So he it's has a great point. Could, the deference he shows to LeBron uh, yeah. lets him, you know, because LeBron is is you know it's it's got to be about him. It and does. It's got to be about his you, camp, you, and it's got to be about LeBron do. James Incorporated. And AD is the perfect uh, second guy, basically, to say, you know what? You want to be the number one guy? Fine. You know, yeah, so almost, you in some ways, it works like Clay and Steph. Neither one of them care who, 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 uh, who wins it, except the difference between them is not, they don't want the spotlight like LeBron. Yeah, AD, AD doesn't want the spotlight. I mean, he can't handle it. He doesn't have the personality for it, right? Yeah. And he doesn't have, like, the kind of – demeanor that you know people just like he walks up and you just say oh I gotta listen to what AD has to say you don't really care what he has to say you just want to see him go out there and perform so it works because LeBron you know he he loves the spotlight he loves the attention he loves he needs it he feeds off of all of that and so playing with a guy who can kind of take all that pressure off of AD where he can just focus has been a perfect situation for him and um and like I said like normally and, and, and it works for LeBron too Right. I mean, yeah. like I said, like I said he, he, he scored 37 after his, his conference finals debut. Like, that's amazing to score 37 in conference finals. Oh. He, he, sat, he sat down and said, oh, man, um, I, 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 LeBron should have been MVP. And it's like, AD, you just had 37 in the conference finals. What was your feeling on Giannis getting it again? Well-deserved. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he had I, the season. I, he had the. No, I mean, I, it's, it's not even that. He, it's not even that he had the season. He had a season for the ages. Yeah. He had the greatest player efficiency rating in NBA history. Right. He had the greatest player efficiency rating in NBA history on the team that had the best record in the NBA. Every year, if you do you do that, there's no debate. Yeah. It's unanimous. Like you're not even close. But like, I, 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 I use no, I use the example of this back in 2013. LeBron had like one of the best years. I think it was the second best yeah. PR season of his career. And he was phenomenal. And the Heat had the best record in the NBA. And he lost MVP unanimously by one vote. It was one vote. And everybody jumped on Gary Washburn for being the one guy who voted for Carmelo that year and said, oh, what a hater. How could you do that? And this was one vote. And you flip it, you know, <laughs> however many years, seven years later, Giannis has a season that's better than, than, than one of LeBron's greatest seasons ever. And he's on the best team in the league. And LeBron is mad and he got 16 votes. I'm thinking that's that's that that's sort of the double standard that actually works in his favor. Let's, that he got 16 MVP votes this year, first place MVP votes. And, and, he, and he didn't have the season that, that yeah, and, and also he made first team in all NBA, AD made first team all NBA, right? And again, this is a credit to everybody that 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 to LeBron that he even got this. Because remember when Kevin Durant went to sign with the Golden State Warriors. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, with Steph, they cancel each other out. There's no way they'll ever be considered MVP again because they're playing with each other. AD is on that level with these guys. 
Yeah. And so it's just like now LeBron gets all the credit. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. I um I don't know. I, I there's a part of me about the MVP thing that I want the guy that wins it. It's not to win the whole thing to to not get killed off in the playoffs uh, too early. And Mike, I don't, but Mike, I, you, but Mike, you've you've seen this before. Oh yeah, Dirk, two thousand seven. You saw it with LeBron. Yeah. You saw it with LeBron. And LeBron, yeah. Giannis and LeBron are basically the same story. We were just, yeah. just repeated. And in, in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, LeBron won MVP back to back years. The first year he lost in the conference finals. The second year he lost in the conference semifinals. You know, and but see, since people act like LeBron only started playing in 2012, right? Because he made all those straight, all those uh, NBA finals after that. But Giannis, same age, 2019, 2019, 2020, same age, wins back-to-back, loses in the conference finals, loses in the conference semifinals. It's part of the game, man. Like, you're 25 years old. You're not complete yet. You're not all the way there. Jordan won his first title until he was 27. Shaq didn't win his first title until he was, what, 27 or 28. LeBron won the first title until he was 27. It happens. Like the MVP doesn't mean that you're going to win a championship. It just means that you had the best record of the season. Well, the good thing Milwaukee has going for it is that um, Giannis can't go back to a Cleveland. He could go back to a Greece, I suppose, but he can't actually leave uh, to an American city that has another NBA team. So that so that's my that's my way of uh, segueing you into asking whether you believe Giannis will stay in Milwaukee. I'd be shocked if he left. It's his uh, kind of town. He's, he's not that dude. He's not that dude that just needs, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden or, yeah. or you know, he, he's just a regular He already dude. has it. Yeah. He already has it. I mean, yeah. you know, for people that think, like, this is a guy who, you know, Nigerian, you know, immigrants, you know, in, in Greece who basically had to live in his shadows, you know, and hope they never got caught and never got kicked out because yeah. they weren't, they were legally there, right? And so... Um, getting this far, making it to the NBA, having a franchise like Milwaukee to not only draft them, but then say, you know, we believe in you. We're going to put the ball in your hands. You know, we believe in you. We're going to make you our point guard. We believe in you. We're going we're gonna to ride you and turn you to an MVP caliber player. We believe in you. We're going to build around you. And you're the 15th overall pick. I mean, for him, Milwaukee's given him everything he could ever ask for. Mm. And he's been putting it up. And he's been obviously living up to his end of the bargain. But there hasn't been anything that Milwaukee's done that's that when we say failed him. I mean, they can come back next year with a different roster and try to show him what, what they're all about. But I think that he's committed to Milwaukee. I mean, all the bells and whistles that come, you know, for guys who feel like, oh, I have to win rings to be this or that. I don't think Giannis is built like that. I think Giannis is sort of like, if I'm not winning it here in the place with the city where they support me and love me, then it's not really going to be worth it. Yeah. And I think he's from a different generation and he's sort of seen what's happened. You know, um, obviously LeBron went went and won championships, and he found out it was okay. KD left and won championships, and like people still don't want to give him credit. They don't want to give it up to him. So I think that it works for different guys. Yeah. And I think if Giannis left and won championships somewhere else, I don't know how he'll be viewed. I don't know how he'll be viewed. But yeah, I would give. Walk, I'll give. I'll give it up to KD. I'm good. I, I do. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I do. You. I mean, even though I'm sure he's used a burner account to kill me, I don't care, man. K- KD, I don't either. Yeah. I mean, if, mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I, the thing about KD is that he he doesn't have loyal loyal followers the way LeBron or like Kobe does. You know, he he got he he's with Nike, but he doesn't have that typical Nike machine behind him, kind right. of feeding the propaganda to make you believe that he's something different than what he is. 
And yeah. so he doesn't have he doesn't have pundits on ESPN defending him or you know praising him for every little thing he does. So he's got to have, have burner accounts because nobody else is gonna speak up for him. <laughs> I'm that serious. Oh, that's awesome. It's almost, it's almost like if you if you're not gonna you know toot your own horn, you know, <laughs> who's gonna toot it for you? He's got to toot his own horn. That's a great point. Um, let, let's go quick. I want to get into the 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 if LeBron wins this thing and when takes his third. A different franchise to a title what you think about the goat argument before we go there let's talk about um the heat and the celtics uh i two teams that i'm not shocked I, actually i'm more shocked about the heat than i am the celtics i thought that brad stevens one of those weird nutty professors that probably was the whole time during covid designing plays and figuring out and you know and and those and that team is just so a bunch of self-starters motivated um, it's not the most skilled Eastern Conference Finals, but I tell you what, I love I love Marcus Smart. He reminds me of like a little smaller Oakley with more range and more 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 in his game. And I don't know, I just like that. I like that team. I love Jalen Brown. Uh, and I don't know how much Jason Gordon Hayward helps him, but I think that I still think they win that series. I might be wrong, but um, and and but God, you know. The, the, I mean, everybody talks about the effort. I mean, there's a lot of skill, too. Wow. Uh, Bam out of bio. I mean, wow. That's a memorable block. It's not the greatest block of all time in a playoff game because it was in a, you know, second – I mean, it was in an Eastern Conference final. Oh, it's – I think it's like maybe right behind LeBron's block yeah. on Iguodala, but – but it's, it was just, I mean, not to foul him, not to get a goal. It was just crazy. Um, the I like. Do you like the heat of the Celtics winning this? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, part of me is just leaning toward the heat. And the main reason why is because of Eric Spolstra, who yeah. I think is one of the more underrated coaches. Um, you know, a guy who has two championships. But when you talk about the best coach in the league, his name doesn't come up enough. And I think that considering what he did to keep Miami afloat in the, you know, the four, six years since LeBron left, I mean, that's, that's been a, they, they made a, made, made a decent run in the playoffs um, without having, you know, you know, Wade for a period, losing Bosch to injury. Um, and he's just kept them going. And so you get him a superstar in Jimmy Butler and all of a sudden you, you, you have something special because you yeah. have great chemistry. Uh, Goran Dragic has been great. Um, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of Bam Adebayo because he's such a unique player in that he, um, you know, can make plays for other guys. Yeah. And you know, and he he, he doesn't try to be go outside of himself. Every shot he takes is within 13 feet. It's either a dunk, you know, a short jumper. He's not stepping out trying to shoot threes. Only time he steps to the foul line is trying to find a shooter. And then on the defensive end, he can guard off high positions. And he's the reason why they beat the Bucks. I mean, he's, he's the reason why, because he can match up with Giannis and give him fits. Yeah. And so I, I, I like I like having him. And um, and I just feel like, you know, Spo. The Spo thing is true. I After they won their first title in 2012, I remember uh, being at the press conference. And you know how, like, everybody's writing their stories already, and the coach is one of the last to go, and he's sitting there talking. There wasn't many people in the media room, but I – and I think uh, one more question, and like it was me, and I, like at that point, because he was, they were talking about him getting fired. You remember that year? Like, oh, he couldn't take yeah. it. And I basically said, um, uh, Coach, are you, you know, Eric, are you worried that you're going to lose your job in the offseason? Uh, 
And like, he kind of like looked around like, is this guy serious? Then, then he just started busting out <laughs> laughing because it was like, this guy is, he's, he's a, he's a first ballot hall of famer at this point. He's to me, yeah. he's like, he, I mean, I don't even look what he's done with the talented teams, what he's done with the teams that don't have as much talent. They just, they're, they're in every game. They're, they're, they're either a tough out in the playoffs or they're right on the cusp. And so I, you know, I, I think Spolster is all that he's cracked up to be. I think but, uh, that's a great point. There's something else I want to add, Mike, and I know you can jump in on this because you covered Riles. You yeah. know how upset he was when LeBron left to go to Cleveland. Oh, you know how yes, serious he was about that. And you know how committed he was to trying to not let the heat fall. Like he traded for Goran Dragic within seven months after that. He was ready to compete and try to keep LeBron from winning championships. Yeah. So if you get the heat in the finals against LeBron, you got all these storylines. Yeah, that's the heat such is a, the organization that that's taught even better LeBron than how to win. Yeah. It, they taught LeBron how to win. You know, you're going to have Dwayne Wade. He won't be playing, but he's going to have to pick a side, either his homeboy or his franchise. You know he's going to take Rod with the Heat. And so you yeah. just add all these elements to No, it. I don't believe that. Jimmy Butler. I mean, and then the Pat Riley aspect. I mean, I'm sure you got some stories you can share. If you oh, feel my like God. Pat Riley. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. He's a, he's a you know, um, I, I was listening to my friend Isola on Sirius Radio this week, and he kept, like, giving hard time for everybody that called in Miami, like, oh, the heat culture, heat culture. And he's just like, I'm tired of this heat culture. Have you ever heard of somebody with a bad culture that made the playoffs, you know? like, And it was a great point. But there is something about it, – it's not even a heat culture. It's Pat Riley. It's what mm-hmm. Pat – I mean, there was a great story in um, New York – or, I'm sorry, Miami recently – um, I think it was Ethan Skolnick had, had done it. One of those guys down there had done it. And they were essentially, basically, they, they had an anniversary of when the Knicks, it was 25 years to the day when the when Pat Riley signed with the Heat and the Knicks, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the tampering thing died and all that. And, and it was like this seminal moment in franchise history and South Florida sports history, really, because, you know, not only do you have three titles, but you have – this team that's, you know, that people talk about and they were, you know, they're not, you know, he got an arena built. He's, you know, he's one of these guys. Um, I don't, I want to make sure we get to this. Um, You know, although uh, Goran Dragic didn't have a great game three, he's been one of the real stars of Miami's 10 and two postseason run. And at the end of last season, his future with the heat was up in the air. Pat Riley was looking to trade him and his player option for $19.2 million for the season made that very tough to do. So in this case, sometimes the move you don't make turns out to be the right move. And Gordon did an interview on this show that we recorded on April 30th of 2019. While he obviously chose to opt in, it was interesting to hear his thought process as well as his feelings about the Heat culture. And I'm going to roll it right now. You enjoy playing for the Heat more than anyone. Yes, yes. Because, um, you know, first of all, this is a, a franchise um, team that it's um, you know one three championship group. They have a great culture, great NBA fans. The city is unbelievable, and um, you know they, they take care of the players. And um, um, I feel like that this is I'm here for four years, and I really develop my game. I feel like at home, and um, you know um, it's been it's been unbelievable ride. I, I'm still hoping that I'm gonna be here for many many years. Um, but yeah, this is this is probably that I have the most fun in my career the last four years. 
Yeah, I, I looked at your contract and I know you got many decisions to make, but um, do you want to opt in to that $19.2 million deal for next year or are you still deciding whether or not you want to do that? No, I was still deciding. Um, you know, I I had a meeting with Pat and Coach Poe and, um, you know, I told him for me it was such a, a tough season with injury and ups and downs. Mm. And I told him that I, I need a little bit of time off and then when that time going to come, I'm going to sit down with my family, with my agent and, um, you know, try to make the best decision for, for me and my family. Yeah, when I think of Pat Riley, and I've known him for many years, he always, and Spo, and that whole organization from Mick Garrison on down, they have a, they always have a plan. They have a great plan, whether they have the best players in the world, whether they're trying to get the best players in the world, and you're clearly one of them. Do you worry now that Dwayne Wade is gone, that the the Miami Heat is decided they are going to be a rebuilding team for a while? Um. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you know, uh, we have a lot of good young pieces, and of course, we need some some uh, players. They need to bring some players, you know, so we we can uh, you know play in the playoffs. And definitely, mm. um, I'm such a competitive guy. I want to win, and um, you know, whatever happens, I understand it's part of the business. But um, at the same time, um, you know, I I want to play with good players. Michael, you wrote a great piece on Dragic, Dragic last Friday in The Athletic. Life is funny sometimes. In the clip, he wondered if the Heat might be in a rebuilding mode, but he was on board with their plan regardless of what it was going to be. And look at how he handled his business when he was really needed. And boom, all of a sudden, Jay Crowder and, and uh, Jimmy Butler show up. And, um, and, and he's, he's two wins away from the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, you think about just his whole path, you know, like um, when he gets traded there, he's supposed to be playing with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Two days later, Chris Bosh, they find blood clots, you know, right. in his lungs, and he's shut down and he eventually has to retire. So he never gets to play with Chris Bosh. He never, um, and so he never, and then Dwayne Wade, you know, the next year he leaves and goes and plays with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, you know, you wait four years for Jimmy Butler to come on around and come on down to Miami. So he's still there. <laughs> and uh, the Heat, like, never got to contend you know, the way they, they wanted to after LeBron. But now they're in there uh, with Jimmy Butler, which is just crazy. It speaks a lot to – but the funny thing about it is that Pat Riley tried to trade him because once Dwayne Wade retired, he was basically like, I'm getting rid of all these guys. Like, right. This team wasted my last five years, and we didn't do anything, so I'm getting rid of all of them. And Dallas was like, we're not taking that 33-year-old dude with a bad knee. Like, y'all going to have him. <laughs> and so – he like, and okay. then even now, now again, Kendrick Nunn starts 67 games. Well, Drogic just yeah. starts three, and Nunn gets the COVID and struggles to return, <laughs> and Goron's ready, and he steps up big, and oh, man. It's like it's, it's it, an amazing it, story. It it's really an amazing is. Story. It's uh, really is. It's over, and, and, it's over, and it's overshadowed by the fact that it's still at the finals. The media will be asking why LeBron did not win the MVP and get more votes. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah. he's going to average, you know, 40 in the uh, right. conference finals and be like, LeBron should have been MVP. LeBron should have been MVP in the finals, too. Oh, man. No, you're right. Um, Riley is, yeah, he's ruthless. Um, the one thing I love about him so much, though, he's such a believer. I'm going to disclose this anecdote on the show because, shoot, uh, um, I I'm not working for print right now. So I'm going to just, uh, I mean, 
So I walk up to, let's see, the night that I think it was Alonzo Mourning was inducted into the Hall of Fame. So it was, it was, um, it was I guess it was the summer that LeBron left. And yeah. it would have been, what is that, two, 2014? 14. Yeah, 14. It was 2014, Hall of Fame. And it was a great ceremony because Magic and Bird were there because David Stern went in. And it was just this great night. And, uh, you know, Springfield itself, it's just got, and, I, and I, like, checked. I, I, I did the whole deal, went to, went to the Hall of Fame all day. And, and then got an invite to Zoe's party after, which, oh, wow. I, yeah, oh, it was incredible until Riley looked at me like, oh, God, how did he get in? But, um, <laughs> but no, Riley, um, he's on the stage, you know, at the end, like, they don't have any security guards. So I just walk up on the stage, and it's Riley Bird and oh gosh i want to say Imagine. tiny archibald oh. and they're speaking and i'm kind of like on the periphery and riles is telling the story and all of a sudden he goes he looks at me and he goes uh, if you ever write this i'll kick your ass and i'm like <laughs> okay, okay okay i'll just listen he didn't say i couldn't tell it right so so um so i so i'm like sitting there and um and he just basically says he goes into the story about when he gets the call, LeBron's not coming back. Like, this is it. And he said, he like, you know, how Riley is all dramatic. And he goes, you know what I did? I, I fell to my knees. I fell to my knees. I really didn't wow. think he was going to, I didn't think he was going to leave. I really, and I fell to my knees. And then I, I gathered myself and like Bird and Archibald are like, yeah, yeah, well, what did he do? And I got, and I got up. And I made a call. I made a call. And the guy I called, the first thing he told me was, I want LeBron's spot. I want, and like, they're like, yeah, yeah, who did he get? Who did he get? And he goes, and Riley's like all excited about it. And he goes, Luol Dang. I'm like, what? Luol Dang? Like, Luol Dang's not LeBron James. Pat Riley thought he could turn Luol Dang into LeBron James. He's so psycho. And he's so great as a coach in an organization. Like, he actually thought that, like, he – and he answered and he said he wanted to take his spot. And I'm thinking, no, he just wants your money, Pat. He, he nobody can take his spot. But it's like it shows you, like, how, you know. And then, and then of course, Riley told LeBron, you're never going to – you go back to Cleveland, you're never going to win anything. And, yeah. uh, and, and LeBron was more than happy to tell uh, Dave McMenamin and that um, <laughs> uh, and basically make it clear that, you know, yeah, I, I did win something in Cleveland. I did some, win something without you. I, I root for Miami because they've been around so long and I like Pat, but, you know, I like the Celtics guys too. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, cool. I'm cool with either. I'm just looking at storylines. You know, that, that's all we care about. I don't think – I don't, I'm, for what it's worth, if this series is in fact over with Denver and LA, and you never know, but it, you don't know. I mean, they, they come back from three-one already, so yeah. Oh, if Denver went, if Denver found a way to win this, all that'd be like almost miracle on ice. I mean, come back from you know, like beating the Lakers and the Clippers on the way to the crown. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you have to crown them because, I, and I will say this: I'm still mad at the Clippers. Like. The Clippers were supposed to be the Clippers Lakers were supposed to be a reward for all of this. Like we had to put up with, you know, COVID yes. and the season interrupted. And we had to put up with the reboot in Orlando and all this kind of like feels like high high level AAU kind of fun basketball. But like the reward, <laughs> the payoff was supposed to be 
you're going to get Kawhi versus LeBron in the conference finals. Yeah. So chill out, okay? Yeah. Yes, a couple this guys was, are hurt. You know, right. you know, you won't have Steph. You won't have KD this year. You know, um, you know, Giannis might get knocked out early, but you know what? It's okay because you're going to get LeBron and Kawhi. Yes. And, and now Paul gotta, George and Anthony yeah. Davidson, and you're going to get a, a battle of L.A., Played out in Orlando. I mean, you couldn't make it was your debt. You're right. It was that was the that was going to be essentially the de facto NBA finals, much like, for instance, the Kings and the Lakers were in 2002 in the Western Cup. Whoever won that series was going to win the NBA title. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about this one. And they never got to play each other. You're right. And they just, boy, what a, they laid such an egg. This whole thing just feels empty now. Like, I'll oh. be honest with you, like, it just feels empty. Like, because, there's so I, mean, I can't think of anything that there's been so much anticipation for. Obviously, there hasn't been because we never had the season interrupted for four months before. So they have all this anticipation, and then you get down to the bubble, and it's like we're right there. You're up 3-1. You're up 15 in game five. You're up 19 in game six. You're up 12 in game seven. It's like, okay, we're about to get it. And then it's like, what are you guys doing? And so now I, I don't – I'm so mad. Like, I mean, I, I just I just wanted to see the best go at it. I <laughs> fell in love. About it last, but last year we didn't get it either because KD got hurt right before yeah. the finals. We never got to see him go against Kawhi. So it's just like I, th- two I years think in LeBron in the finals will always be a ratings winner, even if there's nobody in the stands. Even I don't care who he's playing against. It's LeBron James. But you're right. I, I fell in love with Jokic and Murray, man. That They became my favorite one-two punch to watch just in those first, those two series. You know and what? Jokic, yeah. Jokic has more. Oh, my. Every time. Quietly, you know, quietly yeah. the, the Nuggets are my, are my – they're like my favorite team. Like yeah. They, they, I mean, I, I love everything about them, you know. Uh, you know, Tim Connolly used to work for the Wizards for a while, so I know him pretty Wagner. well. So I, I root for him. Uh, Mike Michael Malone is a great dude. Like yeah. spending time with him, he's fantastic. And I remember going there like in 2016 uh, to do a piece uh, just about like he let me spend time with the coaches, and so I, like I was in on their their coaching meetings and everything. Wow. I thought like I know the staff pretty well, and so um, so I like I like everything about the Nuggets. And that and while I was there, that's the first time I saw Jokic play. And and so I was like, yo, and I was his rookie year. I was like, yo. Did you even notice special. it then? Yeah, I said this guy's special. Yeah. I was like, I don't think there's a big man that passes like this. Like he's he's special, and yeah. and so he had just sort of been creating this sort of special bond with with Michael Malone, and like they sort of had like this kind of weird like father son type dynamic about him, and so you could see it even then, and like to see Jokic blossom into this you know great you know like huh. um like you know slim Sabonis you know. It's, it's cool to see him out there doing his thing. So it's, it's, it's great. So it's like a big, I, 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 root, I root for them, but yeah. I didn't want them in the conference finals. I want right, to see right. them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I, uh, yeah. And plus, I figured if the Clippers won it all, like, like, and the, Lee Jenkins was hired as a Sports Illustrated writer to whatever, be on, be in there exactly. Like, I was like, oh, you got to hire a writer now. Everybody's cow, you know, like, yeah. hey, hire me. Yeah. It was going to open gotta, the door you, for you all of us. Yeah, all of us could have got jobs, uh, but but now I you know I gotta I gotta blame the thing on Lee Jenkins. I think he hurt that franchise. He may be responsible for the loss in Game Seven. I hate to do that to a writer, but you you're the one who joined the organization, Lee. Um, you're supposed to be the one to take him to the next level. Exactly. So you, there's it. no reason for. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, le- quickly, LeBron James wins his third title with. Uh, three separate franchises which crazily enough 
Kawhi Leonard was on the same trajectory, um, you know, and, and until they fell short. I, I mean, maybe it's maybe he's got to get two titles in L.A., whatever. I, at some point, I, you know, at some point, do, do we just say Michael Jordan was the greatest thing we ever covered in our lives and we ever saw in person, but LeBron James has got to go down as the greatest of all time with, with, the, with the longevity with the the ability to do what he's done um, and, and take three different franchises and, and win titles and be the alpha guy on each one and win, win it all. Don't we have to like, don't we have to say, Michael, you were the greatest of our time, but this guy is, his years, his, everything he's done. I don't know. Where are you on that? I'm tired of that conversation. I wish it's over. Um, you think it, it, it demeans it demeans one of them either way. You know, no, to me it doesn't demean either one. It cheapens just just our whole way to appreciate basketball. Um, I, I've hated it ever since it started because I think it limits our ability to just view LeBron for what he is and to appreciate Michael for what he is. And I think that the whole thing about like you mentioned that you know say LeBron is the greatest of all time, and this is where I, I say Mike is the greatest because you always have to bring his name up. And so when you talk about like somebody like Babe Ruth, say Babe Ruth is the greatest, right? And you don't even really debate anybody else. You don't bring up any other name. You bring up just Babe Ruth, right? You talk hey, about Karen. Boston. Yeah, you can bring up his name, right? But no one else talks about anybody else. You talk about Muhammad yeah. Ali. You say he's the greatest. There have been other great boxers, but you only talk about Muhammad Ali. He's the Whenever greatest. you talk about ba- the greatest basketball player, you always talk about Michael Jordan. Yeah. So it, and that, and that, that's, it always comes back to him. So no matter what LeBron does, the conversation is going to have to be, is he better than Michael? The fact that you have to bring up Michael lets you know that he ain't, he's not going to catch him. He never will. And the reason why he never will. That. I don't believe that. No, yeah, yeah, well, this generation will be able to come up with whatever, you know, whatever. They right, want. right, right. They can, they can say whatever they want. They can have it. And I don't really care. It's, just <laughs> all, it's all a matter of opinion. But I think it's a dumb argument because yeah. it doesn't doesn't give you a chance to just sit back and just appreciate LeBron. Appreciate the who, yeah, who it's, LeBron Because honestly, I think that it's, it's, it's made it harder for me to appreciate LeBron in some ways because every time he, he accomplishes something, everyone says, well, he's the GOAT. And I'm like, well, come on, man. Like, just can I just watch him play basketball? Yeah. But I, having every game sort of be, you know, some uh, referendum on whether he's the greatest of all time. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Because, you know, and I don't really want to, like, demean him in any way, but I'm just saying there are too many guys that were able to eat off of him to, to, to say that he's the greatest. And, like, he didn't – like, there are too many guys that have eaten off of him in terms of eating getting Eaten off their of careers, him? mean how? Getting their, getting their rings, getting their championships. Oh, all right. I mean, you know, there are too many guys that have had their chance. And I also don't really feel like – it, you know, everybody say, well, he, he wins a third championship with a third team. That just says something about the era of basketball that we're in and that he's been able to hop on different teams and sort of build contenders wherever he went. That doesn't mean that he's any greater than anybody else. It just means he's been able to build, build great teams wherever he's gone. If he doesn't have Anthony Davis, he's not in contention for a championship this year. If he doesn't have Kyrie and Kevin Love, he's not in contention for a championship in Cleveland. If he doesn't have Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosh, he's not in contention for a championship. So yeah, he's with three different teams, yeah. but look at the like, like Michael, Michael never won one without Scotty. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So like, and Scotty, um, what did Scotty do without him? I mean, so I, I'll just say that um, almost I, got I, him to the it's, finals. It's, it's, it's a conversation that I, I I'm kind of annoyed by. Yeah. Because I've I've actually seen both of them play, and I actually saw both of them perform, 
And I feel like, you know, when Mike got to the top, he didn't let anybody else get it. Like he right. just didn't. And there was just nobody else that could come. That's actually a good, that's like, if you're for the, if you're a pro Michael guy, that's a fair argument. And once Mike got to the top until he got to the Wizards, um, he, he was. I, but, I, but, but, but I will say this, I, LeBron's longevity, the, the statistical numbers, the oh. durability, all this stuff, it's phenomenal stuff. It's great stuff. And, you know, he's had a phenomenal career and he'll be one of the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah. But like, like I said, if, if I hadn't, if I had never seen Dallas, you know, if I had never seen the, what the Spurs did to him in 2014, if I had never seen him get swept out of the finals in 2018, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's the GOAT. But I saw all that happen. If I, if I didn't see him miss the playoffs last year with the Lakers, I'd be like, yeah, he's the greatest. But I saw all of that. And I'm not trying to demean him, but like I don't, I don't think we need to have this conversation. We can still appreciate LeBron's greatness without Damn. trying to compare him to Michael Jordan. And I, don't, I and I've been saying that for the last five or six years. Like, can we just appreciate who he is and what he is? Well, I like I, because of because of where LeBron came from and having done a story on him early on and gotten to know some of his the people that raised him. I, I like the whole what he's become. What he's not just the entertainment stuff, but the you know, there was, when you talk about the modern era of social conscience among athletes, you know, he's the one who, he and Dwayne Wayne sat down and said, look, man, this Trayvon Martin thing is bad. And the whole yeah. team says, we're going to go in on it. And that hoodie thing was huge. Like, it that was. was a political statement at a it time was. when nobody was doing, there was no Black Lives Matter then. There was no Ferguson. No. And, um, no. and, and, I mean, and, every, and so I look day, at that and I, I go, and I look at where he's put his money where his mouth is. And yeah, I mean, he's, you know, besides, you know, look at me uh, with Jim Gray and some of the PR um, miscues in his life and some of the insecurities that have come out. I don't know, man. I Maybe I'm taking it as a whole. And Jordan was from, Jordan was a different guy from a different era. But he, like, it was just, man, he, he's really put himself will, out there. I will say this though, you know, and you talk about what, uh, LeBron's done with social justice messaging. I think I, I, I'm with you on that, and I, I think what he's done is phenomenal. And I think that a lot of this is rooted in Trayvon mm -hmm. Martin. Like even Black Lives Matter, it, it started because of the the verdict in you know the, um, Georgia Memphis trial. Yeah. And so I think that that's that's sort of where it all kind of rooted. It all started with that with the Heat. And and I wrote a story that actually talked about that link. But um, I think we also got to give Michael credit for kind of opening up the doors and sort of you know, allowing black basketball players to really get comfortable in, in the, in the homes of white fans, you know, um, he really had to make it available for LeBron to be a, a great player. But then all of a sudden say, you know what, while I'm here, while I have your attention, let's pay attention to what's going on in my community. Mm -hmm. um, Michael wasn't really at liberty to do that because fans at that, at that stage were just trying to appreciate a black basketball player who could be great. They uh, weren't really trying point. to, they weren't really trying to embrace all his totality as a human being. They yeah. just wanted well, to see him perform. Well, I and look so, at what Matt, no, I think Magic and Michael, one of their great contributions is giving the, you know, the modern African-American athlete a blueprint, a real economic blueprint sure. of what's possible that, that yeah. was never possible. A, a black man is an owner of an NBA team. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Even partial owner, but, but a, you know, a, a majority, like it's crazy. And so I think that, yeah, all those things, I'm with you. It's, it's um, uh, all those things were, were contributions in ways we didn't see it. And Michael, you know, whether he did it because he put his finger in the air and decided which way the, uh, 
societal wind was blowing or not. He's put money where his mouth is recently in the last four or five years to social um, uh, uh, social and civil rights issues. I think that's huge, I, I irrespective of, of, of the fact that he didn't do it before. Yeah, I think the Times had demanded it of him. And so he yeah. sort of stepped up in a way that he that he had to. And so, uh, but in props for that, but you know, he also was a guy who gave away his entire salary in 2001 to the victims of 9-11. Like, you know, that, that doesn't get a lot of that. attention because everybody says Michael was apolitical. And yeah, that was maybe a political thing because it was the right thing to do, but he did it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, no one talks about stuff that he I did. I forgot about that. Because they want to try to pit, again, they try to pit him against LeBron in a way that's not fair to either one of them. We really just need to sit back and appreciate everybody for who they are. Everybody comes to the league and does what they're supposed to do. I mean, if we really want to be honest, my favorite player of all time is Magic Johnson. Like, I love him. I love everything about him. I think he's the greatest winner that we've ever seen. He made it to, you know, um, you know, nine finals himself. You know, he was in the conference finals, you know, 12 times. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, that was there winning, you know, all, you know, for the whole decade. And so, for me, he's my guy. You know, I, I knew um, there was reasons was why we had a we had a friendship beyond just working was, together. I, I, I mean, if I started a, a team today, I would everybody would always say Michael Magic uh, Will. Brother, like, I would take Magic because it didn't matter who you put around him. Everybody, you get everybody involved. Look what he did with that '91 team, man. Yes. Like they they lost to the Bulls, but they had no business being there. That that Portland Trailblazers team should have smud stumped them in the in the conference finals. Yeah. They didn't. And they the reason why they didn't is because of Magic Johnson. Like and and like, I just feel like a lot of fans nowadays they get so caught up in Kobe and all this stuff they forget about Magic. For me, it's offensive. I never thought we'd reach a point where people don't even consider Magic Johnson one of the top five players in the game. Like for me, I'm scratching my head. Like what happened? But you know, nah, I think you don't think people. Well, I, you're right. Nope. There, there's so many millennials now. They don't that, know. They don't know. Like they don't really. But if you I watch grainy footage of him running up and down the court, it looks crazy. Like how is this guy supposed to be any good? I, I got my. Yeah. Uh, see, I always do it. Like here's my my Mount Rushmore of centers and my Mount Rushmore, the greatest players of all time. And I can't take magic off the greatest players of all time. I can't do it. Um, I, and that's why I just, I would put what Shaq, Bill Russell, uh, Will Chamberlain and uh, uh, God, who else am I missing? Hakeem. Yeah, I think Hakeem was my, no, no. Duncan. I don't know if I put them at center cause they were more power forwards. I mean, but I would think Shaq, Wilt, Russell and Kareem. Kareem, yeah, yeah Kareem. And I, and I think I would put Kareem at the top uh, uh, of all my centers. But the that's Kareem just, of the crop. Yeah, yeah, Kareem, <laughs> Kareem will, Kareem will, Russell and Shaq. Shaq would be four, and he could actually get bumped off of you if you considered Akima center. Uh, I might bump him off just because uh, he squandered. He squandered a lot of his prime. Oh, don't go off on Shaq, man. It's, that's, what, that's what bought this house for me, that book. And, I won't. And, I, I, no, I, I no, won't no, I know. It, you're right. Like, he, he, he was at it, you know, like, oh, he, I don't know. He would never admit it. But, yeah, he, he if he had, if he had, um, he, he could have been the MVP at least three, four times. And, I always uh, say this. He was that dominant. There's, there's no reason why Carmelo should have been meeting Michael in the finals back-to-back years. One of those years should have been Shaq's. Yeah. One yeah, of those should have been Shaq. Even though he was, yeah, coach yeah. Even if he didn't have a coach. Right. He should, he should have been in the finals one of those years against Michael. Yeah. The Utah. The, the Utah. Yeah, Kobe shooting air balls, right? And then next year yeah. they just got swept again. Like, yeah. 
Kobe, doesn't like David Stern dying, Kobe, like the tragedy of the helicopter, seems like years ago, doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it felt like it happened in 2018 or something. Yeah. yeah. It's all been this year. This has been a long year. That's why people can't see my face, but man, my beard looks like it's been a rough year. No, they will in the promo. Um, they will in the promo. And they've okay. <laughs> yeah, and and unfortunately, yeah, you you may get a you may get a shaving cream contract out of this because I mean you, I, you it isn't hardened yet. But while you're writing your stories for the athletic, you could sneak snacks into that beard, like little goldfish or gummy bears, and take you them know, out up, when you I get wake hungry. Up every morning with crumbs from wherever I had the night before, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> uh, totally. Uh, before I let you go. You're a big Kansas City fan. Um, uh, it, do, do, the, do, the, do the Chiefs end up having to change their name and their thing uh, in your mind now that Washington has been uh, uh, put in um, – has uh, basically um, changed their name? Do you think that happens? I don't know. Um, I will say this. Uh, I haven't watched a football game in like three years. And uh, I only watched the last eight minutes of the Super Bowl last year. Um, and I wasn't as excited as I thought I was going to be. Um, what the NFL did to Colin Kaepernick upset me um, mm -hmm. in a way that I have not forgotten. And they still haven't reconciled with it appropriately. And they continue to have like a bogus social justice message that is offensive to me. And I still haven't it's watched it. It's like a Band-Aid. It's like a it's – it's a camouflage – but like basically, this is what society wants. It's almost like this now. Now it's so now they realize that their youngest, uh, mo most of their fans that believe um, the wrong things in society are dying off, and they're going after the new generation. And they realize this is almost being socially conscious is a freaking marketing play ploy yeah. for them. Yes, it's so disingenuous, and I'm offended by it. And um, and I can't really get behind it. So if the Chiefs change their name or not, it doesn't matter. Um, there, are, there are things that, you know, as a black man in this country that I think need to be taken seriously. And they don't have to be necessarily um, shamed into doing the right thing. They did the wrong thing. And they encouraged their fans to be obnoxious in the way they treated, you know, black players too. Speaking about serious issues in this country that need to be addressed. And um, I'm so offended by it that uh, I don't watch the game. Um, mm. I, I was a big Chiefs fan, but, you know, and I'm happy for my hometown that they won a Super Bowl, but I shared no joy in that victory. I don't mm. wear any Chiefs gear. Um, I don't mm. I don't really get crazy. Right now I'm wearing a Kansas City shirt, but it's for the Kansas City Monarchs because the Negro Leagues, I'm repping for them because I know they didn't let me down. <laughs> uh, that's great, man. I appreciate we ending on that. The um, we've We had so much, you know, from Roger Mason Jr. to um, – Oh God, who am I? Garrett Temple, like people have really been active um, in whatever city they were in regarding uh, social, whether trying to put a form together with police. Tom Thomas. And, oh, exactly. Uh, Tom Thomas. I mean, these people, they, they just walk the walk and have really been an inspiration to me. And you know me, I, I think I'm so woke, I'm down with the fellas. I'm not, I'm not even that enlightened, but nonetheless, <laughs> You know what the best thing about uh, this year for me is I got to like, I got to ask people like, okay, how can I help? Like, instead of thinking that I know, like, just how can I help? How can I help? And to me, that to me is being an ally is just kind of like, okay, this conversation, I, I, 
I can't have it at that level, but you can tell me what I could do. And, and that to me has been great. And, and to be honest, I was against the NBA coming back because I felt like there were a lot of players who were like, there are, there are black men dying in the streets at the hands of law enforcement. Why are we, and, and, and who, who is really dying of the COVID-19 in this country? Uh, people of color. Like, why are we going back to work just to make, you know, and because the NBA is so forward thinking, and I think it's genuine, they said, all right, what, here, here Michelle Roberts, here everybody, how are we going to make this work so you feel like this message comes out and boom black lives matter on the court brianna taylor say her name that stuff is so you know it's not uh what do you call it it's not a political message it's like a societal message like we got to know these things and 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 that's how i've been able that's how i started tolerating the nba and then i just got into the playoffs like i always yeah did. it took me about two weeks to kind of accept that the bubble was actually happening. Cause I was like, why are we playing these games? It just doesn't, I, I felt bad that there was actually basketball being played. And that we were talking about like mindless things like player efficiency ratings and things. It's like, <laughs> like, why am I discussing this? Why am I debating this? But I got caught up cause the games were good and the players showed a certain level of discipline and uh, dedication to making sure that it went off well. And so I had to get behind them cause it's like, well, they're putting in their hard work and they're really trying to put on a show for us. And they're also mm. stepping up in a way um, that they really don't have to, you know, it's kind of unfair that black America, black basketball players have to be the conscious of America and speak up in a way that um, no, we're not asking anybody else to, you know, we're not asking yeah. black professional doctors, anybody else, they don't have that platform, but we're asking 20 something year old guys who don't have really life all the way figured out to all of a sudden try to tell America to be better. And I think it's so commendable that they've all tried That's to incredible. do it. But it's uh but I also feel like I wish that they didn't have that they didn't have that burden as well. Like they should just be able to just play basketball and go about their lives and do what they've been training to do. Um so I applaud them that they're willing to step out and do so much more. I think it's been one of the more underplayed aspects of this whole bubble experience is that these guys have gone above and beyond what they should have had to do in terms of just playing basketball. And they've really tried to step up uh, for people who are marginalized and don't have a voice. Yeah, I like that a lot of, to be honest, uh, I like that a lot of white players aren't just uh, being part of the solidarity movement because they're part of the team, but because they believe in it. And you could tell when you talk, when you hear them, when you talk to them. And to me, I remember that moment of Carmelo, um, Chris Paul, LeBron standing on the stage at the ESPYs, and I'm thinking, you know how much more powerful this would be if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady were up there, like, and to to have that message and to to be as concerned about that as they should as human beings. And now I feel like some of that's happening, and it it just it feels like it feels like people are getting it in ways that I never thought they would. Yeah, because it really is not going to be on black people to change the hearts and souls of, of white people. They they got to be the ones to do it themselves because yeah. we already know what the right thing is. And I think white people do as well. But are you willing to do the right thing? Are you willing right to now, say something when somebody says something that uh, you know is wrong, but you don't want to offend that person? To me, that's that's the mark of somebody that's like made some growth. Yeah. Imagine. All right. This is great, man. You've been <laughs> unbelievable because... I know you're your dad and you're not getting any sleep and you made time for me on short notice. I, I owe you. You only live in Silver Spring. Let's have a socially distanced lunch soon. 
possibly, but I am in Philadelphia now. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're in Philly. I'll just, I'll go up, to, I'll take the train up there. Philly's got great restaurants. I'll take it to Ishka Bibbles and get a cheesesteak. Nice. That was dope. It's time to wrap, as they say in the business. Thanks to my guest, Michael Lee of The Athletic, for his time and insight late on a Sunday night. Our producer is Bruce Bernstein, and our editor is Tom Phillip. Thanks, fellas. We have four other weekly shows besides The Mike Wise Show, and you should listen. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a great college hoop show every Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron drops each Wednesday. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure have a new show each Thursday. And, of course, the Pure Hoops podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman is here on Friday. Please check them out. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Here's your weekly sermon. Jerry Falwell and I know COVID-19 is still here and you need to be smart. Practice social distancing, wash your hands, wear your mask, and treat everyone around you with respect. And please keep working for social justice as we build a stronger and more inclusive society. Till next week, I'm your Caucasian social justice warrior. Peace! The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.